0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob and Today I want to talk to you that holiness is not contagious. Righteousness needs to be taught and reinforced over and over again. But if you don't have that, the unrighteousness of the world can come into your life. The Bible warns about companions, evil companions can corrupt good morals in your life. Let's go to the Word of God and find out why we're supposed to stay with the Word of God, find ourselves a good church, be around the fellowship believers because it can greatly affect our life in the right direction, not the wrong direction.
1: For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student
0: of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you here today. In the society we live in, the times we live in, not too many people go to church, not too many people study the Word of God at home. They kind of think if if our home life is good, we got some love around the house, then you know, we'll be okay. But I'm gonna talk to you about what is holy and what is contagious and what is not contagious, what is not holy, unholy. We're gonna talk about that from the word of God today. And just simply take a look at it. Why does God instruct us so much? Don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as the habit of many has become. That Greek word actually means habit. If you don't go to church that often, The habit seems to be not going to church. The habit doesn't seem to be going to church. You have to keep doing something over and over again for it to become a habit. And that doing it over and over again is really where the work takes place. And you know you've got a lot of other things you'd rather be doing, but you go there because you know it's right for you. It's kind of like dieting, you know, Uh, it's those first numbers of weeks that are difficult after a while you get into it, you get used to it and the uh, pounds begin dropping off. But In the initial time, it's like you can think of everything you'd rather be doing than eating right or walking down the street and taking, you know, taking a walk and all the exercise and stuff. It's hard work. So you know what? But if you get into it, then after a while it becomes a habit. And so, in other words, doing it long enough makes it get contagious. I want to take you to take a look with me at Haggai chapter two. It should be back there where the pages are still white and stuck together because you'll, listen, at least you'll uh, read these verses I'm talking about here when you get to heaven. Haggai, I will say, did you read my book? You say, well, I read some verses, Bob. You know, explain some of them. We're going to take a look at Haggai chapter two. While you're finding that, the book that I'm offering is from the book of Proverbs, my book on the book of Proverbs. And this particular book literally is uh, a book that talks about training and raising up children. That's the bulk of the book of Proverbs. That's why it starts out my son, my son, my son throughout the book. And this was David teaching Solomon. Solomon wrote what his father had said to him. And so much of what his father said to him found its way into that book. So that's what we're dealing with today because I would love to see your family, and you send me letters and and testimonies saying, you know what, that changed my thinking, and so we've become very, very faithful in going to church, faithful to study the Word of God, faithful to talk about the things of God around the dinner table in our life, and we didn't do that that often. We just kind of thought because we love Jesus and talk about Him once in a while, it would spread into our children, but now we realize it's going to take some work, and this is what the Word of God has to teach, and so we have it here in the book of Haggai, And in verses 11 through 14, here's what it says. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priest concerning the law saying, if one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and with the edge, that's the edge of his garment, he touches bread or stew, wine or oil or any food, will it become holy? Then the priest answered and said, no. And Haggai said, if one who is unclean Because if a dead body touches any of these, will it be unclean? So the priest answered and said, Yes, it will be unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, So it is with this people, and so it is this nation before me, says the Lord. And so is every work of their hands, and what they offer there is unclean. Now, notice what he said. He said, If the priest have, you know, the the garment, and they pull the garment out, and they have some holy meat in there, that would be a chicken or beef or lamb, you know, nothing unholy like uh, pork or something like that. He says they're carrying holy meat. Uh, in line with the word of God in the fold of the garment. And as they're walking somewhere, the edge of that garment just touches bread or stew or wine or oil or any food. Will it make that food holy? And they said, no, it won't make it holy. And Haggai said, if one who is unclean, a priest has touched a dead body and he's walking over to wash himself of it and he touches any of those things on the way, will it be unclean? So the priest answers, and said, yes, it will be unclean. What is Haggai saying? They all knew it, that unclean things will make things unclean, but clean things won't make unclean things clean. <laughs> what are we? What's that mean? He's simply saying here that holiness is not contagious evil things are contagious. Sin is contagious, but holiness is not. If you don't watch out, the sin of this world will start to affect your children, and it needs to be the holiness needs to be picked up from you, where you constantly keep your children surrounded by the holiness of God to talking about the Lord, warning them of things. Again, I want to tell you something. We are not here in this life to try to isolate our children from the world. We don't want to hide them in the house and never let them out. And then when they grow up, go to live in some Christian commune somewhere and separate from the world. That is totally unscriptural. We're to be in the world. We're not trying to isolate our children from the world. We're trying to insulate our children from the world to where when they're around it, it does not affect them because why? They were raised around holiness. They were raised around the things of God raised in church, raised in Sunday school. We talk about it at home. My wife and I made a dedication a long time ago that we were going to make it a way of life. Everything we did was going to be somehow wrapped around the word of God. Not that we had to force it. It's just when the issue came up, no matter what we were doing, we could bring something out of it. We were raised, I was raised during the time also. By the time we got married, this was big in the Christian life, and that was having a home uh, fellowship time or a home uh, time where the children came around and we had an altar together. We all pray and we read a scripture. We had a certain time of the day that was supposed to do it. We didn't do it. Okay. My life was way too busy. My wife's life was way too busy. And so we didn't have time to do it. But there was people in church that swore by this thing. You know, every day the kids get together at five in the afternoon before the evening meal. We have a little Bible study. We have a prayer thing time and they learn that and all that. And that's fine. But you know what the word of God teaches, especially in the book of Deuteronomy and also Proverbs teaching, but Deuteronomy is strong in this. Make the word of God and teaching the word of God a part of everything that you do. Talk about it when you walk through the, front door. When you leave the door, When you go back past the post of your door, when you walk through the gates, when you walk into the city, uh, when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, make everything a time to simply have the Lord's presence there and talk about it from time to time. There's times we were watching movies. When the kids were young, there were certain movies they did not watch, and they watched their Disney movies and all that as they were growing up. But there came a certain time when they got to a certain age, we allowed them to watch something a little bit more mature. But here's what we did. We would go watching it, and as it would, as we would get to a certain point, we would stop it and say, okay, kids, what was wrong with that seed? And if it was, you know, homosexuals if it was uh, people that weren't married having sex together, we said, look, kids, the reason why we're just letting you watch this, we're not going to, we don't pick them that actually show all the nudity to our kids, but they knew what was going on. And what we said is, this is what the world does. Understand this, you're going to have to live in the world. And just like you're watching this on here, but you have to make up your mind ahead of time, whether it's right or wrong. Your standard is not what the world says. Your standard is what the Bible says. And so you can be around this. In other words, your kids can get to a point where the unbelief of this world is not contagious on them. They are able to stop it, but it takes time. And that's why you raise them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So when they're older, they will not depart from it. And this is the important part of it. So we made it again, and we would talk about certain things. Uh, we heard about what was going on, robbery was going on, things like that, murder going on. And we would talk about what the Word of God has to say about it and how that a society in and of itself can remain strong when it's around biblical principles of morality so we made that a part of our daily life. And that's what this is talking about here. It also goes on to say at the end of this, Haggai said at the end of it, so is this people, so is this nation before me, says the Lord, and so is every work of their hand and what they offer there is unclean. They're letting the influence of the world and the filth of the world and the contagion of evil come on them instead of learning to resist it because the people are not hanging around the things of God enough. So what is contagious? in the word of God. What is contagious is what ends up being evil. Diseases in this world are, con- are contagious. Viruses are contagious, and so is sin. And the word has a lot to say about it. And so again, when you're around healthy people, that health doesn't just jump on you. But when you get around disease, that disease can get off on you. Viruses, and we need to, we learn again, about how that we can take our children to doctors and how they can give us different things to stop the disease in us or kill the virus in us. And it comes back to this: in the world, unrighteousness is contagious. First Corinthians chapter fifteen and verse thirty-three says this: "Be not deceived; evil companions corrupt good morals." One translation says, "Bad company corrupts good morals." I like that. What it's simply saying is, especially teach your children. You know, your children want to go off and be with others. And sometimes the parents get this idea of a very young child Well, they're being raised around the things of God, they're being raised in the home. You have to evaluate if that child is too young to be around those kind of things where their friends are because they just want to be around their friends. The first thing they'll tell you is, mom, dad, I know better. I won't get caught up in all this kind of stuff. You need to talk to them. You need to talk to husbands and wives need to talk to each other. There needs to be a time where, you know, you can trust them as this because they've got a good track record. Right now, they don't have a good track record. You haven't seen that much in them that tells you they are deadheaded in a good direction. No. And so there comes a time, you know, you have to say, no, kids, we're not ready for this, you know, and it's all right to see them at school. It's all right to have this, but to go to their parties and go to their get togethers and go to the beach with them and things like that. I'm not sure it's time for that. Again, unrighteousness is contagious, but righteousness is not contagious. It's easy to fall into sin, but no one just falls into righteousness. Isn't that interesting? I was driving home one day and there's a certain church I preach at in Southern Oklahoma. It's about an hour and a half to two hours from Tulsa. And on the way back, it's out in the country. I would go by those big, you know, stands, fruit stands and vegetable stands and things like that. And my wife had told me when you stopped, she said, please stop there and get me some good uh, tomatoes because the ones in the grocery store, you know, they ripen right there and they're not that good tasting. I want you to find some that are really good, real big, real red and all that. And So I did. I stopped by there and I saw some, and I picked it up and took it over to the lady. She said, no, 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 don't buy that little crate of them. She said, let me pick one for you. So I did. I said, what was it? She said, you see that one that that was black on the side? It was touching the one beside it. And I said, yeah, she said, you don't understand. I said, well, we can, I can take one. We can cut that part. She said, yes, you could, but understand something. She said, that one bad one will affect the good ones. The good ones will not affect the bad one. The bad one will affect the good ones. And she said, where that little dent is in the side, she said, acid runs there and another tomato touching it. it'll. The acid will go right through there and infect the one right next to it. Isn't that interesting that the bad ones affect the good ones, but the good ones don't affect the bad ones. Isn't that what the word of God said? Again, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived. Evil companions corrupt good morals. It's not saying here that those with good morals will affect those around them. No, it's quite the opposite. A carnal believer actually ends up imitating the unbeliever. Good friends will not make you good, but evil friends can make you evil. Again, there comes a time you can withstand it. There comes a time that you've grown around the things of God. It becomes such a part of you that you're able to withstand the evil. So again, a carnal believer imitates the unbeliever. Ephesians 5.14 says, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep and arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. This verse is saying that a carnal Christian is asleep among dead people. You can't tell They're they're not dead. You have to get close enough to find signs of life to realize that person is alive. So it is with a carnal Christian. Be careful who you hang around. You'll begin to act like them later on down the line. I will see you right after the
1: break. Many Christians are quick to confess all that they are, all that they have, and all they can do. They appear to overflow in knowledge of righteousness, healing, authority, and many other spiritual truths. Yet, for all this spiritual knowledge, many of these same people are foolish and unlearned when it comes to the practical things of Christian life. As James said, my brethren, these things ought not be so. The book of Proverbs is a prime source of the wisdom we need for daily existence, and a close study of it is well worth our time and attention. In Proverbs, Wisdom for Today, Bobby Anding discusses what wisdom is, its benefits, how to find it, where it comes from, and how to receive it in order to help you live a life of wisdom. To order Proverbs, Wisdom for Today, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on partnership.
0: In essence, what I've been saying is righteousness does not beget more righteousness. Sinners bring sinners into the earth. Whenever a sinner has a child, that child is a sinner. But notice this, righteous people can have children, but the children don't come into this earth as Christians. No, you're not born again because your parents are born again. You're not a Christian because your parents are a Christian. It doesn't happen, it doesn't just pass down through birth. No, righteous people, as well as sinners, all bring children into this earth that need to be born again. So righteous people bring sinners into this earth, they don't bring more righteous people in. You are a sinner because you were born from Adam's transgression. At our birth, Adam's seed is greater than Jesus' seed, but at salvation, Jesus' seed is greater than Adam's, but unrighteousness still continues into the next generation when the next generation is born. I'm simply bringing this back around to you, that when you live around, unbelievers for so long, it affects you. You need to have constant attention in the word of God. I Listen, I'm telling you, the places where you work, the people that are there, if you don't have a place at home where you can stay with the word of God and then go to church and know these things and continually have reinforcement into your life, that you'll fall for the things of the world. And I've seen it happen so many times. I've seen children that were raised in a Christian home, but when they left the home, they very rarely went to church and they worked around unbelievers. And when questioning them, they say, oh, no, no, I was raised in the church. I know the difference between the two. Well, you may know the difference between the two, but if you don't sustain yourself with a day-by-day intake of the word of God and prayer, and then faithfulness to attend church, the things of the world can rub off on you again. And you can find yourself Even after knowing Jesus for so long, mixed up in sin, then you excuse yourself and then you don't go to church and you excuse yourself for not going to church. Again, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as the habit of many has become. Habits are formed by doing something over and over again. But when you constantly are around sin, sin will eventually become a habit. Not going to church will become a habit. Are you still saved? Yes, you are, but you are a carnal Christian imitating the unbeliever and the world and neither do Christians know the difference. They look at you and they don't even know you're a Christian. What a terrible thing for a person to say, you know what? I worked around her for a long time, but I never knew she was a Christian. What a terrible thing. You never talk about the Lord. You never stand up for the things of God. You look like, talk like the world around you. Why? Because that rubs off on you. Again, a good apple will not make a bad apple good, but a bad apple will make a good apple bad. That's the way it goes. That was that very uh, line that was brought out in the beginning here from the book of Haggai about the uncleanness rubbing off and then the, the cleanness not rubbing off. Holiness in salvation and holiness in life has to be taught from one generation of believers to the next generation of believers and on and on and on. What David said was, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed-begging bread. Well, you have to train your seed up or your children up in that same righteousness for them not to go starving in life. If they are not that close to the Lord and put their trust in him, sometimes they'll starve like everybody else. The Lord is speaking to spiritual believers, those who really put their faith and trust in him and live it on a day-by-day basis basis. This is the whole purpose of why after we're born again, we need to walk in righteousness. This is the whole plan of discipleship. John chapter eight, Jesus said to those Jews who just believed in him, he said to them, if you continue in my word, notice this, not just occasionally hit it, continue. They continued steadfastly in Acts chapter two in the apostles doctrine in church. They came where the doctrine was taught and they continued steadfastly in it. Putting your foot down when the church doors are open, I will be there. My family will be there. My children will be involved in children's church. My my older ones in the youth department, but there's going to reach a certain point. They're going to sit with me in the auditorium and they're going to hear the word of God. They're adult enough to hear it. They're adult enough to understand it. Salvation and righteousness is usually shared from one to another at the great commission. The great commission simply says, go into all the world and give them the gospel. But daily righteousness walking in righteousness discipleship can be shared person to person, mainly from minister to congregation. And as you go to hear that, then you begin to take it and you begin to share with others around you is that constant sharing of the word of God. They continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine. And that's what caused people a passion. That's what caused them to go and witness for Jesus, lay hands on the sick, fulfill the great commission themselves. They were around it so much they begin to spread it from that time on to see it happen in a family, to see it happen in in your children, your grandchildren, and further down the road. I look back on my mother and father who got born again and raised us in church. I look at the children that came from us. They're in church today. The children that came from them, they're in church today. What we see is it's important that children are raised around the things of God because why? It's because righteousness is not contagious. It must be taught and reinforced every single day. So family evangelism is usually from the parents to the children, then from the children to the children after them and brothers and sisters toward each other and one generation toward another generation day after day after day. This is what it means. You know, the book of Deuteronomy, I love the book of Deuteronomy. And basically what it is is this, we have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then the fifth one is the book of Deuteronomy. And people don't often understand, if you read the book of Deuteronomy, they say, well, it's just saying the same things as the book of Numbers did. It's the same thing as as Leviticus said. It's just repeating these same things over. Why would there be a book that just repeats these other two things? Because the name Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy means this, to say it again. They admit it in the name of the book. It means to say it again. We're just repeating. Well, then why do that? Because the book of Deuteronomy was to the next generation. It wasn't just Moses talking to the generation around him. It was Moses talking to the next generation because they knew something. They don't pick it up by osmosis. It's amazing to me. I came through the charismatic movement and uh, the revivals of the nineteen late 1940s, 1950s. It's amazing during the charismatic movement, especially where there was meetings going on and, and, and parents were taking their children to church and things like that, that later on, those parents that took them to those meetings, things like that did not have a faithful church attendance, did not continue to raise their children that way and expected that if their children was just at the meetings, thing would be all right. It has to be reinforced in the home. It's amazing to once that the charismatic movement was over. And that great time where the gifts of the spirit were being taught and church services were crowded and churches were growing like crazy, that oftentimes the children didn't go to church after that because they were forced to go, but there was no reason they were forced to. The parents didn't tell them why. The parents did not reinforce in the home what was taught in the church. There was no Deuteronomy. They said it in church. We're going to repeat it in the house. We're going to live it. We're going to teach it there. We're going to live it. We're going to talk about it. And That's why That's why in Deuteronomy chapter six, want to read you some verses out of it. We're to teach it to our children. What we have known doesn't just automatically jump into our children. In verses one and two, this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord our God has commanded to teach you that you may observe this in the land which you are crossing over to possess. Verse two, that you may fear the Lord your God, To keep all his statutes and commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. Verse 6. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently today to your children. Notice the word diligent. It's not a one-time thing. It continues and continues because righteousness is not contagious. It must be taught over and over again. Verse seven, you shall teach them diligently today to your children, shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Notice this again, even if you're not saying it, the kids see it everywhere. You talk about it at the table, you talk about when you walk with them, but when they also walk... when they lay down, you talk to them. You might pray with them before they go to bed. When they rise up, they'll think about what they heard the night before when they went to bed. They have a time of personal study themselves, but they learn that from their parents. When they think back on their parents, what do they remember? My parents love the Lord, love the church, and love the Word of God. Oh, we were adults. Yes, we talked about adult things, but they always brought it around to what the Word of God has to say. And again, In this we have, in Genesis through Numbers is Moses teaching the people, but Deuteronomy is the teaching repeated from parents to children. Proverbs tells the importance of parents teaching their children, my son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. That's Proverbs chapter one and verse eight. Notice moms and dads form a team. The father instructs and the law or the teaching of the word of God can go from the mother, the instruction to the father. The word instruction means a lot of discipline. And so again, the mother becomes a main teacher. The father also is a teacher, but he's the one that usually administrates the instruction. But again, this is in Proverbs 1.8. Every home may be a little different. They're just laying down a general rule here in Proverbs 1.8. But again, it comes back to the reinforcement of the word of God. In fact, one translation I found on the book of Proverbs said that the word for wisdom and instruction was the word for pounding, to pound something in over and over again, to keep giving it in by instruction into the children. You don't just say it once, you say it twice. You say it again, you repeat it again and again. And by the time the kids say, dad, you said that before you go, yep, that's exactly true. And I'm going to say it again, because it may be this time that it sticks with you. Again, the important thing is to hear the word of God, but understand something. Sometimes it takes the word of God being repeated over and over again for a child to really pick it up. Again, we come back to how important it is for that continuing teaching, that continued lifestyle before them. They not only hear it from the words of your mouth, but they see you when you live it in front of them. One of the jobs I had, those other workers around me one day, I mean, one day I just let it fly. I mean, I got so angry at some woman that had come into the store and the people around me there that were working in the store just looked and said, we've never heard you talk like that. It suddenly struck me. I had been living for the Lord and didn't even think about, didn't even know about. They watched my lifestyle. Your lifestyle, parents, in front of your children is just as important as the words you say. You don't say one thing and do something else. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 12, Peter is telling his congregation about whenever he preaches, he might preach the same thing he taught, you know, a half a year ago, six months or a year ago. And now he's going to teach it again down the road. And they, they probably said to him, why are you teaching the same thing over and over again? He says, because you know why? You don't get it because you are it one time. And next of all, when I preach it the second time, I find things I didn't get the first time. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 12 says this, for this reason, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them." and be established in the present truth. He said, I will not be negligent to teach it the second time or the third time, even though you've heard it before. That way you can be established in this present truth. And yes, I think it's right. I think it's necessary as long as I'm in this body to stir you up by reminding you how important it is to remind people over and over again, and especially our children and our grandchildren on the things of God. Why? Because righteousness is not contagious, but if you teach it enough, it becomes a habit in their life and the habit will sustain them to where they can train their children in the things of God too. What am I saying? I want you to be a success and God's way is the only way to find success. I'll see you next time.
1: You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com.